0: I mean here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to, uh who you should take and who you shouldn't take, and all of a sudden he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take.
1: We're back here on the first team, Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts, and today we are officially starting our scouting report series where we are individually breaking down multiple prospects, and then at the end of each week, we're going to be sharing our top rankings by position group. Today, we're starting off with two of the premier players in the 2024 class, that specifically being Olufushanu, the Penn State left tackle, and Joe Alt, the Notre Dame left tackle. Now, it's pretty safe to say, Ryan, that both of these guys are going to be very highly drafted. I think that compared to what we just watched with the last class of tackles, and we spoke very highly of them. We spoke very highly of Peter Skaronsky and Paris Johnson at this time last year. And we had other players arise throughout the process. But for as high as we are on them, I feel like with Alt and Fashanu, we don't have any question marks. We don't have the question mark with Paris Johnson of, can this guy bounce out the tackle after not having experience playing in the college level? And those issues showed up during the season. And then with Skaronsky – where does the length come into play? And he was drafted according to that projection. I don't see that for either of these guys. And I know we're going to dive into it, but do you agree with me on that sense?
0: I mean, they're they're clear offensive tackles at the next level. There's no doubt. And I, I mean, there is definitely less of a projection in the Paris Johnson conversation because Paris Johnson had literally never started a game at left tackle going into the season. You know, we'll talk about Olu, obviously, mm-hmm. who is. Still raw of the position. I think he only started 10 football games in his career at, at Penn State just in general. But I, I would agree in the sentiment that there is less question marks about their abilities to play left tackle because we have literally seen them play left tackle and they hit all the thresholds. I mean, we're going to talk about two guys that are 6'6 plus, long arms, good athletes. So I do, I do think that they more easily answer any question marks that you might have about projecting to left tackle position.
1: So starting us with Olufoshanu at yeah. 6'6". 323 pounds. I tweeted this out. I threw up a clip yesterday of, of him just going through his pass setting. I think it was against Eric Hall or it was against one of the Auburn defenders. And I don't think this should be a hot take. I don't think anyone's going to sit here in the comments and go, oh, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Colin will probably do that. But Fashanu would have gone ahead of Paris Johnson. It's possible. I absolutely think he would have gone ahead of Paris Johnson. I would have taken him ahead of Paris Johnson. Let me rephrase that. I think with what you're getting with him athletically, some similarities can be made between him and Johnson, but we're not here to compare the two of them. Massive frame, incredible flexibility. I wrote down silly elite flexibility. The way that he can contort himself, the way that he can move, is at a a level that we just typically don't get for offensive tackle prospects. That allows him to redirect. That allows him to uh, position himself really well up against... Uh, opposing pass rushers he's one of those guys that yes he does need some correcting but for what he did last year man the guy is just just a freak and it's not like we're going off of a guy that's a good athlete that didn't win reps he was pretty locked down in a lot of the
0: games that he played last year he is the baseline traits are fantastic for a guy like olu because he is a guy joe just talking about the background a little bit Gonzaga College High School, which is in Waldorf, Maryland, which is a very prominent school. He played with Caleb Williams, right? Yes, he did play with Caleb Williams. And so this is a school that puts out a lot of talent onto the next level. It's one of the premier schools in the state of Maryland, in the DMV area, just Mm -hmm. in general. But he was a lightly recruited kid. He was. He was a four-star by one publication, but a low four-star. And he was a three-star by basically everybody else he ends up at penn state because of his natural tools. I mean, we have seen penn state find these guys that are ultra talented but maybe super raw. Like I think about, you know, going up to blair academy, right, and getting a guy like a Adafe Owe, like those types of dudes. Mm-hmm. Getting a guy like Goldufashanu who I mean, let's be honest about this. From a talent level perspective, this kid is a freak show. It is. I mean, he is a player that I've been told that at 300 and, 23 pounds. He has a six pack. Like he's one of those freak of zoid guys Insane. who just holds weight so well and carries his frame so well. He's got really good foot quickness. But the thing that I love most about him, which makes sense with the you know the you know the the six pack conversation for a second, is that his core strength is just incredible, man. Like he can sit down against power. And every piece of momentum for a defensive lineman is halted. Like he's not moving off his spot. Mm -hmm. He's got really strong hands. He's got really strong core. He's got vice grips, man. So power profile, he's a guy that can shut guys down. Like you mentioned Derek Hall, for instance, out of Auburn, right? Like that's a kid that his entire profile is built off of being a power-based rusher. That's the type of guy that Olufashanu is always going to be able to counteract and counteract at a high level. So – those traits, I think, are excellent, you know? But I do think that there are – we need to have this conversation. There are, There is some rawness there still. There is. I think yeah. that his angles are not great all the time. I think that his hand yes. placement is not great all the time. I think that his hands can get a little wide at points. I think that when he's navigating in the run game, I think that he attacks leverage poorly at times. He's a much better pass protector right now then I consider him a run blocker. And he has the tools to be a really good run blocker, but I think that that's still a work in progress just because I think the nuances and the technical aspects of playing the game are still a little bit of a work in progress because he's only started 10 football games in his career. He's still a guy that is raw, new to the position, a little bit green. When he puts it all together, he has a chance to be a superstar. He has a chance to be a Pro Bowl offensive tackle, but there are still some maturation that needs to happen in 2023. I actually... Really liked that he went back to school. To be honest, I think mm. that he is going to be in a better because honestly, Joe. Like I think he probably maybe would have been the first offensive tackle off the board, if not probably number two. Probably still would have been in the top ten to fifteen pick this in the twenty twenty three NFL draft. But I think there would have been a little bit of a tough transition early on in this this next season because there's still some things that he needs to refine and work on. Another year up at Penn State with a good offensive line coach. I think uh, Phil. Phil Tratwine, who actually played in the NFL for a couple of years, being able to work mm. with him and be able to refine some of those things that he's lacking at the moment. I think you're talking about a guy that is going to be better off long-term for, in my opinion, he's still a young guy. I think he's still 20 years old, despite being bonus yes. to his fourth year. Yeah. So there's a lot to like about a guy like an old Ufashanu. The upside is immense. There's no question.
1: Yeah, you, we saw him exactly the same way. I don't think there's really any – Difference, And I'm curious to see what our, our projection slash grade is for this guy. But with Fashanu, you hit the nail on the head on that aspect of he almost absorbs any level of uh, pressure or strength that he receives from an edge rusher. And the yeah. way that he's able to absorb that is is at just such a dominant level. It's It does almost nothing to him. He's unfazed by any contact or power that is delivered to him by edge rushers. But that was where my hang-up was, where I was so impressed watching him as a pass blocker, which is, uh, uh, that's the primary focus and the most important aspect of playing the left tackle position is you need to be a really good pass blocker. His run game technique and everything you just talked about there, yeah, is where I do have some pause, not to the point where I'm like, oh my God, is this going to keep him from succeeding? No, it's just clearly an, a green player that doesn't know how to angle himself, get downhill, position himself properly against the run specifically, which is kind of odd because I feel like he he does, doesn't does really have those same mistakes against pass rushers. It's It shows up so much against the run where he's just all over the place with where he's trying to place himself, and he tends to miss, and that does lead to him maybe giving up some penetration.
0: One thing in pass protection, which I think can improve, though, for him is because I think that, I mean, Joe, for me, like if a guy is just going to go straight down your chest and you're going to have to sit Mm. down on power with with Fashanu, I think Fashanu is going to do that well every time because he's got heavy hands. He's got a great base. He's a really strong dude. His core strength is fantastic. But the one game that I thought he did struggle a little bit in pass protection was the Ohio State game against JT. Because one thing that JT did against him, because JT is a power-based rusher. But he also understands n- hand nuance a little bit. And I feel like when Olu gets to his pass set and he's kind of in shutdown mode early on in reps as a pass protector, I feel like he does need to work to reset his hands a little bit against secondary rushes, counters, that type of stuff. So I do think that there's some work that still needs to be done as a pass protector yeah. as well. But again, that's nothing we're talking about is unteachable. Like everything we're talking about is just better hand technique more advantageous hands, a little bit more active hands, or just hand placement, right? Like firing into the chest and staying inside and resetting your hands when there's a counter move. And all that stuff is very fixable. So I am high on this young man for the upside especially because I think that there is still a lot of untapped ability. I don't think we've seen the best of old with fashanu I don't. I think that there is a lot no. more that we can get to. It's just the hand play and just angles in the run game are the two biggest things I look at and say – That needs to get better, but when it does, I think he has a chance to be an all-around very good offensive tackle.
1: Right. That's the scariest part for Fashano is that we haven't seen the best of him. So my grade for him, I'm going to be completely blunt. We texted about this. I I give him a top five grade. I mean, this kid is elite. There there are so few instances where you can grade a kid this high, and I'm kind of anticipating that there's going to be five guys that fit under this category of top five, top ten prospects, kind of like we had last year. But He's a top five pick for me. For everything that we just talked about here, where he is very good in a lot of aspects, and some of his best reps are scary good. I think that if we see just improvement, it doesn't need to be perfection. Improvement on some of those issues, the kid is going to have a really good rookie year. This is a guy who can step right in and make an immediate impact. It's not somebody who needs to add weight to their frame. It's not somebody that needs to add strength. I I think that this kid has every capability to be so freaking dominant early on in the NFL. And I wouldn't be shocked if we're not in a position where the team picking first overall is a team that doesn't need a quarterback, and we sit and have the conversation of, well, should they just stay put and draft Fashanu? I think he's that good of a prospect to have that conversation, to debate possibly not trading out if that option is not a great opportunity for that type of a team.
0: So, how I grade first round players is I have three buckets: one, one to five. So that is a top, that is an elite level prospect. Picks one through yep. five. Then I have a six to eighteen bucket, which would be more of a mid round, mid first round type mm-hmm. of grade. And then obviously after that is the late round, you know, nineteen to thirty two. I currently grade this kid as a six to eighteen. I think that he is a in a vacuum. This is a top eighteen football player all day, in my opinion. But I also want people to understand when I grade players, I do not grade to positional value. That's what positional – that's what a big board is for, right? Where we kind of mm-hmm. categorize guys in accordance to the class. I think that this kid has a chance to go top, t- top five to ten. I think that he has that type of upside. I think that he will – like if the draft was today, I think he would also get drafted there. Like I think that's where you would project him. But I do, I do want people to understand that there is some work that needs to be done, which is the case usually for guys that right. are going back to school for one more year. So I think there's right. work that needs to be done. But I have no problem with calling this kid a potential top five, top ten pick in the 2024 NFL draft because his upside is immense. There's no question. It seems like I'm just a little bit. A little bit more bullish on You're him. bullish, man. Uh, You're bullish, brother. Dude, I really
1: like him. And I also really like Joe Alt. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'Em it is so easy to play just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night underdog keeps it simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps pick between two and five players to fill out your pick them slip get every pick right and take home some cold hard cash use code hack h-a-c-k hack like the name of this channel use code hack to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out underdog fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being bet online, bet which is all the updated odds news and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA Uh, especially, again, during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's betonline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. The funniest part about this, too, is that the two guys that we're talking about first, and I think the two guys that are going to be the highest ranked in this offensive tackle class – They were both not highly recruited kids. I forgot that Joe Alt was only a three-star recruit. He wasn't the most sought-after offensive tackle prospect at Notre Dame in his particular class, and we have seen an ascension on his part to the level of success that he has had early on, to the point where he is a PFF darling. He is a guy who statistically really gives up no pressures. Six-foot-eight, 315 pounds. The dude is freaking, freaking massive. One of the things that I wrote down, I don't think he's as flexible as Olu Fashanu, which is kind of hard for him to be because he's so he's so tall. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard for a guy like that to be flexible, but he is flexible for his size. I have never seen a 6 foot 8 player play that low to the ground. Yeah. Get that low in his stance the way that he does. That is really freaking hard. And if you are able to accomplish this, that is what sets you up for being a good offensive tackle. Because a lot of times when you have these six foot eight guys, they win with their length. And that's what Joe Alt does. He wins with his length, and that is lethal. I'm wondering if maybe he's got like 37 inch arms or something ridiculous like long. that, if that's even possible. But he wins with his length. But what helps him win even more consistently is that he doesn't play too high, he doesn't let himself rise too much. That to me is is a very good base for what is going to help him have a, a long and successful
0: NFL career. There's a, It's a really cool backstory, Joe. You hit on one thing I, I think that's pretty important to hit on first is that he was a lighter recruited offensive lineman from a star ranking perspective. I mean, Notre Dame and the Iowas of the world and – the, the programs that usually put out great offensive linemen, they, they were recruiting this kid because they know that the tools were there, obviously. But mm. only one platform, 247 Sports, was the only one that ranked him as a four-star. Everybody else, rivals, ESPN, on three, everybody had a three-star designation on Joe Walt. And why? Because he was a high school tight end. He was 6'7", 200 200- 50 and 260 pounds coming out of high school. That's as big as he was. You knew that he was going to play offensive tackle in college eventually, but he was a high school tight end. But you knew that he had the genes to put on this weight because his father, John Alt, was a longtime offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs, actually in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame, two-time Pro mm. Bowl offensive lineman. And his pretty pretty cool note, his older brother actually plays for the Minnesota Wild. He plays hockey, which is kind of oh. neat. But is he as big as the, I, I, the, the I'll, I'll look him up as we, I think his name's Mark. All if I have that correct. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to look it up. Yes. Continue, Pl- please, please look it up. So his brother, yeah. Yeah. Mark, he plays for the, uh, played or played hockey at Minnesota and currently playing in the NHL with the Los Angeles Kings. Excuse me. Plays for the Kings. Right, he's only, wow. he's only six, four. That's, oh, not that's it. Only six, four, man. <laughs> Boo! All right. Continue. So he's so, big for hockey. Yes, it is. So high school tight end, 260 pounds, Gained a crazy amount of weights going into college. He showed up to Notre Dame. He was not an early enrollee. He showed up to Notre Dame at 300 pounds, Joe, 300 pounds. <laughs> he gained 40 pounds <laughs> in like a few months, man. It was, it's an insane weight gain. And obviously there was some hesitation of like, is that good weight? Is that bad weight? Like, and it turned out it was pretty good weight. You know, he had put that stuff. <laughs> he had put good amount of muscle on obviously and he was pressing to duty earlier than people were anticipating. They thought he was going to be a freshman redshirt. Instead, as a true freshman, he was pushed into duty probably four or five games into the season because Blake Fisher, who was the highest-ranked offensive lineman in that class, was starting left tackle, got hurt in the first game of the season, and they had a revolving door of left tackles for a couple games. Eventually, Joe Walt gets the starting job, and he hasn't looked back since. Now he's standing two years later. At 6'8, 315 pounds. And I mean, quite frankly, Joe, I'll put it this way. I think the length is a good thing that you hit on there. I think this kid is stupid long. Like, there is, these arms are going to be like 35 plus easy, I think. Like, they No,
1: I think he might be longer than that. He dude. might. I don't know. Because, like, my thing with him is, like, I don't think his upper body is that strong, which I want to talk yeah. about in a second. But. He straight up just wins because he just puts his arms out, he grabs on, and then it's kind of like watching like a like a little kid on the playground. Like one puts their hand yeah. on their head, and and the other the smaller kid's just swinging his arms around and can't even get anywhere near. I don't know, man. He might have over if if Paris Johnson had what was it, thirty six? Thirty six.
0: Yeah. He's got to have longer than Paris Johnson's arms. He's look man. way longer. It might be. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that literally. He's like playing long arm on the offensive side of the football where it's just like you're not, you're not going to be able to. But I think, I, I think the thing that we don't want to underrate with this kid, though, is that he is a good athlete. He moves well. He's very smooth with, just with that left tackle. I mean, with that tight end background, very smooth, mm. long. And I always think that for a guy that just finished up his second year of college, still only 20 years old, this kid is incredibly nuanced, man. He understands how to use his hands. He understands how to use angles. I know you want to get into the strength profile. I think that is something that still needs to improve. There's no doubt. He is not the strongest uh, offensive tackle of all time, but what he has is he has the technical refinement for a 20-year-old that's pretty dang rare, and he has that size and length that you look at and say, that kid's going to be a stud in the NFL, like absolute stud. If that strength profile comes, then I think that that completes him to being a perennial all-pro type of conversation. But if nothing else, man – he is going to be one of those offensive tackles where it might never be flashy, but it's just always going to be good. And you're just like, he doesn't give up a ton. Mm. Like, he reminds me, and this is not a comp. Please, guys, listen to me here. I'm not saying that he's going to be Joe Thomas. I'm not going to say that, okay? But what I'm saying is that there is a little bit of a comparison in the sense Joe Thomas wasn't a physically dominant mover at the point of attack, right? Like, he didn't move guys off the line of scrimmage. But what Joe Thomas never did, Joe – was give anything up. He was just like an eraser, man. You're just like, he just got the job done and he never gave up anything. Like just You went through games where you're just like, man, I forgot Joe Thomas played today. And that is the biggest (laughs) compliment you can give to a left tackle because they're going to be facing pound for pound one of the best athletes on the defensive side of the football and the guy that they want to be a game wrecker is in that right side defensive end. They want that guy to be able to make a bunch of game-changing plays. And a guy like Joel, I feel like, is just going to go through a game you're just going to be like, wow, he just did his job every play. Like, he just made it happen. And that's just kind of what I feel about Joel. man. He just gets it done. He gets it done really well. So I, I do want
1: to discuss, the like, for what needs to improve on him. I, I think that when you have a tall guy like this, like, they tend to play from a narrow base sometimes, and that's, that's how you lose reps when you're playing from a narrow unbalanced base. But I will say, as big as he is at 315 pounds, I think he gets to get bigger. I, I really do. I think that like his his ass is is way too like maybe three forty. He's that 340? tall that you might need. Whoa! I, I might be getting a little. I mean three thirty five. Let's say three thirty five. Let's Ow. let's meet, meet in the di- the middle there. I just think his legs are very thin, and I think that's part of the reason why sometimes he plays with a narrow base, and it's hard to it's just hard to win when you don't have a heavy base. I also think his arms are are a little thin for an offensive tackle. I know I'm like kind of nitpicking here. But you do need to fill out your frame sure. a little bit more, and I think some of those strength deficiencies do show up. And it makes sense for everything you just talked about. Like he consistently wins, but I want to. I think he can take the next step and be more dominant if he
0: has yes. a little bit more strength. Oh, he can be better. He can, he he can be a more dominant football player than he is. My point though is that he has that baseline where you're just like, dang man. Guy's going to be good. Like, now the question is whether you're going to be very good or whether you're going to be an elite offensive tackle at the next level. I think he has a chance to be the latter there. But yes, there is some physical development because, again, he's only 20 years old. He's a kid that just two and a half years ago, he's only 260 pounds. Like, we still need to remember that, right? Like, he's put on 55 pounds in. Two and a half years, right. like it's a lot it's, of weight. It's hard to add. It's very hard to add weight. So, like, I'm not
1: knocking him for yeah. that. I'm just that was like the one main takeaway I had when I immediately sized him up. It's like his arms don't really reflect that of an offensive tackle. So I was like, okay, let's let's add a little bit more weight. You
0: want to hear something pretty pretty uh, hilarious, Joe? Because I think the great thing about Joe Alt is I think that physically he is still growing. I really do. Can you Google Joe Alt real quick and look at his picture on the uh, profile, please, real quick on Notre Dame's? Yes, I will. Yes, because it is hilarious sir how much of a baby face this young man has it is absolutely hilarious oh
1: yeah no he i i do remember seeing that and like his his progression is is pretty funny that like he looks like he's 15 years he old
0: does, he really <laughs> does <laughs> the first time i saw him in person man because he didn't have he had a helmet on at first right and you're looking at him you're like this dude's 6'8", 310 plus pounds like he's a massive dude and he takes his helmet off and you're like that's a, that's a kid still man like he's like, he not even drink beer yet it's wild
1: before we wrap up here, Ryan, my grade for him, I have him graded as a top 10 offensive tackle, or a top 10 prospect, rather. Yeah. I think with all those physical tools for coming into the summer, I, I think that Fashanu is going to step in and have more of an immediate impact. Um, but I do think that that Alt is just so, so freakish with how big he is that
0: he's deserving of being described as a top 10 pick. So we see them a little bit differently in the sense that I actually think Joe Walt's the one that will come in and make a seamless transition because there's just the technical aspects I think are just much more refined versus an old Fushanu. I can get mm. with you that I think that Fushanu might have a slightly higher upside. I, I get I get there with that. I have them graded relatively around the same. I think that right now in the buckets, they are 6-18 to 18 overall picks. But I think both of them have the upside where you say eventually they're going to be fighting for that number one offensive tackle slot and potential top five selection.
1: Well, folks, that's going to be it from us. Thank you for tuning in on today's episode. Our next pairing is going to be J.C. Latham from Alabama and Amarius Mims from Georgia. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll talk to you soon.